I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we have a funny show for you tonight. And no, I mean it. It's like funny, not just fun, but funny. I was online the other day, saw a local comedian and some of the stuff that was happening to him um, from the uh, culture that we live in today. And I started thinking to myself, God, what do you do if you're a comic? And people are so sensitive about words. My God, what could you even say to be funny if you wanted to without having like your email? I mean, mine blows up. And I'm thinking, I bet this guy's email is just blows up like crazy because you couldn't say anything. And I said, hmm. So I got a hold of Alec and um, he's going to be on the show with us in just a second here. But we're sponsored today uh, by the Hydrate Bar. And if you've never been to the Hydrate Bar, you're missing out. If you're an elite athlete or somebody who uh, gets drunk a lot and has hangovers, <laughs> quite honestly, that's how it really started in Vegas as a place for people that had a hangover. They went in there and it does make you feel better, I'm told, because I don't have hangovers. But um, it's also really good for elite athletes. It's it's And the reason it works so well is they put vitamins and the, the hydration, the the soda in your body, right into your veins, so you don't absorb it into your stomach, the vitamins. So you come out of there feeling really good. And if you're going to do a race or you're going to do a marathon or like a, the Grand Fondo or something like that, it's a great thing to do prior to and or afterwards. So I'm going to run a quick little video I just produced today, and then we're going to get right to our topic. So here we go. is where you go uh, to get your treatment. You got to go online and you can make your appointment. Okay, let's get down to the topic. Alex Elkin, here you are, dude. How you doing? It's me. I'm really here. It's good to see you. <laughs> it's good you to see you. Silver Fox, you. <laughs> oh, we've already got comments coming on. Love your show. Good. You're going to love tonight because we're going to get real. We're going to get honest. We're going to just talk. So are you, are you, you live in Portland or Eugene? I'm in an undisclosed location right now, man, because they are after old Alex Elkin. So uh, don't worry about where I'm at. You can just see the, the black background and know that I'm safe. I'm in a safe space, Rick Dancer. <laughs> so tell people what's been happening to you. Because you got you got a, a show. You had a show scheduled for July 3rd in Salem. Oh, yeah. You, it was, well, it was, you know what? The you, thing you, is... You used the P word. Well, we you got to the P word. We got too close to the hornet's nest, Rick Dancer. Uh, we we kicked it over, and BLM and Antifa decided that they don't want my kind of hate comedy in their in their neighbor, neighborhood. But Rita knows that Harrisburg loves my hate comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you are so you're going to get people believing you. It's not hate. So so you're getting real you're getting really hammered and this show they it was canceled because of these groups putting the putting the squeeze on. You know 
you know, when you say putting the squeeze on, this is where I'm like, ah, and it boggles my mind because maybe I'm old fashioned, but I came up in a time where we didn't negotiate with terrorists, you know? And I mean, when people are going to threaten violence, when people are going to break your windows, if you put on this comedy show because we don't like what he has to say, then, you know, maybe, maybe the comedy show is not the problem, you know? <laughs> There's we are right coming here. to Florence, uh, actually, as a matter of fact. Uh, Eric, let me tell you, we're going to be, uh, where are we in Florence? We're going to be at the Performing Arts Center on the 31st of July with Stand Up for America, Comedy for Patriots. Yes, I think it was the P word that triggered them. They got triggered. So what is it about Patriot? I know, <clears throat> I mean, I know there's a, a it, it is, it's, there's a parade in, in Crestwell and they're putting Patriot on the top of it. And I went, oh God. And even I thought you put that in there and your people are going to think that the wrong thing to you. When you're saying Patriot, you have done comedy in Iraq and, and for the, for the soldiers and the troops. Well, you know, that, that that's just it, Rick. We, we wrote this show because my partner, Chris Warren and I had both a 13 year difference had both visited Iraq to entertain our troops. Now in the comedy world, that's a big deal. I mean, for those of you out there that know about the middle East, I mean, you read about it in your Bible, but it's really there. And there's like so much history in the middle East. It's been around for like hundreds of years. So they, it's an amazing life-changing thing to go and then entertain those that are in the sand fighting for the freedoms that we love here. And we based this show uh, uh, on a slideshow of uh, pictures and uh, different things that we experienced while we were both in Iraq in our respective times. We called it for patriots because I came up in a time where when you loved your country, uh, you were patriotic and we love our country. And so we're thankful for those men and women out there that are fighting for our freedoms and or however they identify. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, we, we just want to bring some laughs and have a good time. And my thing is, yes, Jason, I do sound like Tony Robbins. Unfortunately, I don't have his pecs uh, or his jaw. Or, that guy could literally. Tiny. Oh, man, he could take a subway foot long in one bite. He's like he's like a conehead that way. It's amazing. Uh, but. What I don't understand is here's a group that all they do is destroy. You know, you don't hear about uh, Antifa or BLM going out and, and you know, uh, raising puppies for, for orphanages or, you know, feeding uh, homeless veterans or anything like that. What you hear about them is $2 billion worth of damage last summer that they did uh, burning our country to the ground uh, and a lot of destruction that still goes on today. So I, on the other hand, have built people up. I've had people that have driven literally hours uh, because what I've done for them has made them feel human again, man. Uh, comedy builds people up. It breaks down barriers and it heals. Uh, a couple that lost their, their child to SIDS came out to my comedy show because they wanted to feel like people again. They hadn't been out in months. And they told me for that hour, they were allowed to feel like human beings. And they came out again, 300 miles later to come see me again, to get that feeling again. Uh, a woman on a cruise ship lost her grandmother and was literally seven floors below us in the morgue. And for 30 minutes, her husband said she was able to snap out of her funk that she'd just lost her grandmother because my comedy was able to break down that barrier. What have they so, ever up? So you how know? do you do what you do, though? And how do comics do what they do when a lot of what you do is satire about culture and <clears throat> the movements like that are going on? And I mean, there's going to be once COVID is you know, when, when the governor finally decides 70% is something so much different than 66% where we're at, that that 4% that we can finally go ahead and say, okay, the control is over. I mean, like that, you can't even do that without people getting offended. And so, you know, as a comic, so what? 
So what? You're offended. You know what? Life is difficult. That's why our arms are long enough to reach our junk. We we just we just deal with it. There was a word I learned when I was overseas in Iraq, and it was foobar. You know what foobar means? Uh -uh. You know what I'm talking? No, you never heard it. Uh -uh. I don't know if we could say the f word on this show. Are we censored? Yeah, you can. You okay, can. it's fucked up beyond all recognition. When they come so, up to a situation that they can't pass, they, they don't know what to do with, they don't just stop and throw their hands up. They call it foobar, but they work around it. Fucked up beyond all recognition. But today, we don't have that because we don't have that mentality here at home. We're just, we're too scared. We just block it. We just get away. We get it out of our lives, right? We don't have foobar here. We have two bar. Triggered, unfriended, blocked, and reported. I'm turning you into Mark Zuckerberg. You know that's how it is. It is. It's like, I think the most powerful people in the country, it's not Joe Biden and it's not the, the vice president. It is Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter. Um, those are the, that's where the power is in this country because they can change everything. And that's what blows my mind. It's like, when did we shift upside down and start saying that big government, big pharma and big tech had all the answers and they're looking out for our best interests? Go on, kids, get in the shuttle. I'm sure they'll take care of you. What? <laughs> this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And so as a comic, man, you were asking like, how do you do it? You, you, you need to go out there and you need to have the big cajones, okay, Rick Dasser? You need to go out there and you need to not be afraid of people coming up and saying, um, Alex Delkin, I don't appreciate your words because they don't like to be called midgets. They like to be called little people. It's like, look, who do you represent? The Lollipop Guild? Stop standing in the way of comedy. We're having a good time. We're laughing. Remember when that used to happen? Jason knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, it is. So, so you, you get to a point, I mean, cause I've had to kind of with mine is go get to a point where you go, I cannot, <clears> that <throat> there, there's enough little people whining about stuff that there, there's nothing you can do to please them. So you just stop, you just go, you know what? I can't read adjust who I am or what I'm going to do. And, and you can't take everything seriously when people are calling you going, and, you know, I get called a racist. I get called a, a I, I love, the, um, the one that nobody understands that, that they pick on a lot, which is really interesting, is I'm a boomer. Oh, so, okay, boomer. So, so that's a, that's ageism. Oh, so yeah. that's one of the isms. I have an ism for that. That's called ageism. So I'm discounted where most cultures honor people who are their elders. Ours, it's, it's hey, boomer, you know, and, and I think I it's absolutely just honor my elders. I grew up with Mima and Pipa. You know, I, I respect my elders. As a matter of fact, I stepped out of the CVS a couple of days ago and uh, I, I pulled my mask off in the open air in the parking lot. And this older gentleman walks by me with his two masks on and calls me a, a fucking asshole and takes his arthritic middle finger and flips me off. Now, look, when it hurts to do it, they mean it. Right. And this guy... He walks by me and it's like, look, I got respect for my elders. I, you know, so I graciously put my mask back on before I kicked this walker out from under him because we're not doing that, Colonel Sanders. I'm not going to play that game. I will punch a pregnant woman in the back. You don't tell me how to live. <laughs> I I had a lady walk by. I know it, it, it is giving you great, great fodder for future shows once people's tenderness kind of goes away and they can handle this. But no, I, mean, I, I, I don't want 
I, I don't want tender at my shows. Don't come to my shows if you're tender. When you, what I want is your legal tender. You come and you pay your legal tender, then you leave your tenderness at the door. You know, when I believe honestly, if you're coming to the comedy club, you have relinquished your right to be offended once you've paid for your ticket. You right. knew walking in that this person is just a loose cannon. He could go up on stage and say fuck in front of the B-A-B-Y. Don't do that, <laughs> Alex Elkin, because it's it's nuts. It's comedy, man. It's comedy. You're right. It's like people that are driving around with their mask on alone in the car. These are the same people that take their rental cars in for oil changes. Okay, just <laughs> something's not <laughs> clicking, right? And here's the thing. I wear the mask. It's the new, it's the new culture. It's the new thing that people are doing, right? It went in Rome, Mazel Tov. But I wear the mask not for me, Rick Dancer. Who do you I wear? wear the mask for other people so that they'll shut the fuck up about it at the Safeway. We're all fondling the same tomatoes, Karen. I just saw you come out of the bathroom playing Candy Crush on your phone for 15 minutes. There's so much C. diff on that screen. You're lucky we don't all have pink eye right now. <laughs> Jason says, dude, we're going to have to have a group date and go see this guy live. <laughs> yes, you, do. you go to alexelkin.com. It's got all my dates. I got dates in Oregon. I got dates all over the country. Come to Reno. I'm doing the Laugh Factory. But people need to see this. They need to hear it. And they need to go out and they need to say it, too. This is the problem, Rick. We don't have we're, we're so we're so we're, we're lone wolves, especially comedians. But a lot of so, you know, conservative people are so, you know, they're, they're so centrally minded. They don't they don't really listen to a lot of people. So they're not going to follow along if somebody says, hey, we need to go do this. They're gonna, oh, I'll check it out for myself, you know. And so we don't have the gathering power, it seems like. We need to we need to start gathering. We need to start fighting back and saying these things so that the, the canceled culture can't go in and start telling us what we can't say. Because, listen, <laughs> let me tell you something, you cancelers out there. One day... That's going to flip, and they're going to find something they don't like about your vocabulary, and they're going to start eating you alive, and you're going to wonder, where the hell is somebody that's going to, who's going to stand up for me? Well, guess what? You shut them all down. You yeah. burned their books. You told them they couldn't go on stage. You called them problematic, and you ended their lives. Uh, this is your fault. You did this. Congratulations. Remember that saying, and I can't say it exactly right, but it's the one where who's going to be you know, they, they, they said, raise your hand and help me. And then you get to the bottom of the pile and it's like, there's nobody left to stand up for you. And I think that's, it's, you know, I, I, I was sitting here writing some words down today. I says, what's it going to take, you know, to, to bring people, let's say um, her, her highness, Kate, uh, and, and we're on a comedy show. So I'm going to have fun and make fun of people. Oh, we're going to say, we're talking about Governor Brown shit. Yeah. That's but, right. We can take off the mask when I say so. When she says we can go back and play after 66% to 70%, so four more percents, uh, we can get, we can go back and do things. Of course, we don't know what that's going to be yet, but, but what, what's that going to be like when people like who were your friends before who now have, you know, kind of thrown you under the bus um, and then you go out and have coffee with them or something. Is it going to be like that awkward dinner, the family dinner where you got in a fight with your sister a couple months ago, you screamed and yelled, and then you have to go to family dinner with them and sit down and try, you know what I mean? Try to be civil, but knowing it, it, there's this big gas between the two of you. Yeah. It, you know, it, it definitely is going to divide. And uh, that's, that's the, that's the sad thing because uh 
it's really just one against the other. I have I have done this because I feel I need to do it for the public and be safe. You haven't because you're a Nazi. And you know, it's like, there's, there's no in between. That's it. Right. You know, we're done. And we're not even sure about this thing. They're still saying like, well, did it, did it, uh, did it come out from China? Was it really Chinese? Was it a Chinese virus? You know, and you can't do that voice in Portland, boy, their assholes pucker up too quick. Just, <laughs> what did you just Trump us in public? Oh my God. I need a safe space and trigger warning. We're not like that. <laughs> it didn't. They're saying it came from some wet ass market in China. Is that what they have? They have the wham over there in America. We have the WAP, right? We got the WAP over here. They got the wham. They got the wet ass market in London. They've got the WAP. Oh dear, I believe your WAP is um, quite drenching the night. I dare say. I believe the carpet is quite soaked with your WAP, my dear. But in China, in China, they got the wham. And somebody ate a bat? No, no. This didn't, are you, no, that is bad shit. This came from you millennials. If you're watching, you under 30 shit bag, you know who you are. I know you're probably wearing pants and you you Ubered somewhere with your very own Venmo, but I, I'm telling you, it's you guys out there eating buttholes. That's what it is. You're, that's the problem. That is, that's how it happened. You guys are sticking your tasters in the tutors and now I got to wear a mask at Costco. It's wrong. Read a book. That's not how sex works. You need to stop beating around the bush and eating around the tush. That's not how. Stop it. <laughs> You're a bad man. How did, pandemic. How, did, how did you get into to comedy? I mean, obviously you're funny. If I'm asking, that's kind of an insult, wasn't it? Yeah. How did you get into comedy? How did you? How the hell? My God, meatloaf is really let yourself go. <laughs> the hell else am I going to do? I can't pass a drug test. What is this? Penny says she would love to add to your show. Does the government really think if you're going to make a difference? Because your lessons laugh so hard. Here's my parts. Because you're simply pure. Yes, I am pure. I'm pure, except for a lot of trans fats. But, you know, I don't discriminate. If you're regular fat or if you're cis fat or trans fat, you can be, you know, you can be queer fat. That's all right. I grew up with lesbians, Grandma Peggy and Grandpa Dolores. You know, I, 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 I understand. I'm good is with it, it. Do you think it's hard for comics like worldwide though, that because to really tread in that place, they're getting hammered by this stuff. The popular ones. Yeah. Because, you know, I think the problem is, is they're apologizing, Rick. They're, they're right. going out there. They're saying these words and they're apologizing. Listen, last year I did over 258 shows. That means I was up there 258, at least hours speaking and talking to different people and trying to wrangle cats and talking to drunk ladies and bachelorette parties. And do you know how difficult it is to hold somebody's attention for 60 minutes and make them laugh? You might, but it's tough, right? And so I have to say what I need to say to get that crowd on my side. And sometimes something might slip that might be a little off color or not accepted in the boardroom. Well, guess what, fuckers? We're not in the boardroom. You don't right. walk to McDonald's because you want a salad, you lying bitch. You want something greasy with bacon on it, and that's a fact. And when you go to the comedy club, you should expect to get that grease and bacon in words. And so I give you comedy calories is what I give you. But I'm funny so, as hell when I do it. Okay. So, and so it's you you have to you just have to say it with confidence. And if you don't, you're gonna have to back it up. And then you've lost. And that's the problem. So don't you think too that though that in its own way, comedy is really a way of, of um 
oh God, I don't want to sound like a, a, a psychiatrist or something, but it, it's you because I think what comics have always done for our culture is you go to the extreme so that we can move forward a little bit and, and see different ideas. You know what I mean? You challenge a comic, I think, is supposed to challenge the norms of what we're doing. So you're making fun of, I mean, they call it making fun of because there's no better word. But you're pointing out the inconsistencies. You're pointing out the ridiculousness stuff. And right now, there's nobody doing that. Few people doing that on the big stage because they're too afraid that they're going to get the next day something's going to come down and YouTube's going to pull them or Mark and Zuckerberg. What does that say? And what does that say? If you're paying attention, what does that say? When you can't make fun of a certain group, who's in charge? Who's really right. pulling the strings? Who's really? telling you what you can and can't do and it's right. certainly not our free will if i if you're afraid i've had people i make a joke on stage don't laugh at that somebody might catch you on youtube and you won't be a teacher on monday and people laugh at it because it's true it's true you can get canceled hashtag canceled over just accepting something as an idea not only this latest thing with um uh uh Yes, late night is a liberal echo chamber, and that's why I do what I do, because, yeah, they haven't heard of me, and maybe I'm not on Comedy Central's radar, and maybe Newsweek said, um, no, and maybe uh, Jimmy Fallon said he's just not a good fit, but, but I do speak the truth, and I do just what you're talking about, Rick. I hold up a mirror to society and say, look, this is kind of silly, right? You're sitting here, you've got, I went to, I went Okay, this is crazy. I went to my favorite local establishment and they're not paying for the joint. They're not a sponsor. So we'll we'll just say, if you know Carl, his kid has a place. I ordered my usual lunch, right? And I'm in the car by myself and I'm not afraid of this thing. I'm not wearing a mask alone. Okay, I've been to too many hometown buffets. I've shared fluids with people that I'm not proud of. You know, <laughs> I've walked into the Golden Corral and dipped my fried chicken wing under the chocolate waterfall. <laughs> like my American right allows me. I'm not scared. <clears throat> and I order my usual lunch. I go up to the window. It's 2834. The kid is done up. He's got goggles. He's got two masks. He's wearing a face shield. He's got gloves on. He's got a long sleeve shirt. He's, he's wearing a beavers jersey. I'm like, bro, you're not catching anything. He's probably wearing a condom. I didn't ask. <laughs> and so he, for science okay. for science he takes his gloved hand and puts a box out the window and i drop my money in it so he doesn't have to touch it and then he just grabs it with his gloved hand this is this is retarded with extra steps this is ridiculous behavior and everybody is going for it and that's the crazy thing that we, why aren't we pointing this out why aren't we questioning it and if you do you get yelled at Right. And see, and I think that's the role of the, the, it's kind of interesting as we're sitting here talking. A journalist is supposed to do that same thing, but with questions and, and factual questions and bringing out and having conversations with people like what I'm doing. And the, but you are the extreme of that. So I'm supposed to be here. You're out here in this extreme so you can take us even further. But we have screwed this whole thing up so much that now if you just say one little you would not believe how often I go over my script before I write something to put it on Facebook because not because I'm paranoid. I just don't want to deal with it. And there's times 
anymore. I'll write a thing. I'll put a few comments in. And then I see the usual faces that are the ones that come in and go, you better. And, you know, and I don't even read them. So they're writing and they're preaching to the choir and nobody's listening. Right. And I think that's what's happening is we're getting a culture where we're, we're we can't, we can't really express how we feel about things. Yeah, like I was saying, with all the hours of comedy and all this stuff that I have to say in order to get an audience on my side, I'm bound to say something that's not going to work. And so, you know, if we're if we're criticized for every mistake and then canceled for it, holy shit! This this, this whole this whole thing is done. We're going to cancel everybody. Somebody is going to get upset about something you said, uh, Rick. I don't know if you know this, but I'm totally jealous of your hair, which means I feel attacked. So. You need to change your lifestyle and what's going on with you and your patterns because I need to feel comfortable. <laughs> so my hair is, oh God, I could get, you know, I wanted to say my hair has white privilege. You can't say that, Nick Dancer. I know, because you know what? Cancel you. <laughs> I mean, it is to a point where it's just like, come on, people. We have to start giving. I remember when I was in the news business years ago, we started, John Fisher, the weatherman, and I started talking about this, that we were taking language and making it into oatmeal, not with sugar and not with cinnamon and not with nuts, but just plain oatmeal with salt, just eating. And that's what language is becoming because every time you turn around, you're, you're offending someone. And, and I've, my, my point is to me, Alex, I think offending offense is a choice. I don't go out to offend anybody on purpose, but you can have the choice to be offended by what I said. And I can't change that for you, nor should I, but don't bring that back on me because you took it that way. Well, taking offense is an emotion. And so we have people that are doing an emotional response and they're doing it based on misunderstood intent. They don't know where I was coming from. You know, uh, I, I have an example recently when BLM started attacking me. I told you, you know, earlier, I said they uh, uh, they put a bunch of chalk at my name and Alex Elkin is not welcome here. And I said, oh, changed everything. what's that? That changed everything, didn't it? Oh, oh well, it canceled my show, apparently. But I. Uh, I addressed it and I said, well, this is just monkeys throwing shit. At least they spelled my name right. Well, they turned it into, he was talking about BLM and that means that he was attributing this animal with black people. And that's, first of all, here's my thing. Maybe, maybe this is white privilege, but that was not even on the forefront of my mind. I had no, I didn't even think, I didn't go there for a second until they brought it up. And it comes, it just, it makes me right. think if, if somebody constantly talks about themselves, we'd call them a narcissist, right? Or if, if somebody is, is constantly worried about death or, the, you know, an ending or, you know, something just not working out, you'd call them a fatalist or a pessimist. But these people that are constantly looking for racial issues where there are none and constantly calling things racist, which waters down the word, frankly, why is it? We don't call these people who are talking about race racists. And when they're going to just label me that, what am I going to say? Well, I'm not a racist. Oh, well, he's not a racist. He said so. Well, no, I'm not a racist because I know I'm not. So if you think I am, that's on you. Just like if you don't like my jokes, that's fine. I'm not for everybody. But I don't, uh, I don't subscribe to the apology and I don't need to, I don't need to appeal to everybody. 
I don't have to appeal to everyone. That's what that, that is honestly the best lesson that I have learned out of COVID is I call my show Get Real. I never realized five years ago when I started that, that it was going to get this real. But it's like, it's really interesting how people, oh, I really used to like you until they really know me. Yeah. And 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 then they say, well, you hid that part of you. No, it was always here. I was always asking questions. It's just that the questions I was asking weren't about you. And so right. now that those questions are about you and why you're not asking questions, you get all fucking nasty and come after me because yeah. I'm all of a sudden I've changed and, and, and you didn't see me. You saw the me that you wanted me to be. And I wasn't that me. I was hiding nothing, but I'm learning and I'm educating. Yeah. And yet we change. Yeah, we change because we get educated and we learn things. My ideas about COVID have gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, you know? And, and politics, they say, oh, you're being a Republican. It's like the Republicans hated me when I ran for office and the Democrats didn't like me. It, 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 that's why I did okay because nobody liked, I, I didn't have to put up with anybody. Li I'm not trying to please anybody. Yeah. You know, and Kate Brown and I had that conversation. I said, your problem is you have to make people happy who are giving you money. I can't get people to give me money. So I got no one to make me happy. Ashley Willis, I think it's pretty racist of you taking that name on. You know that is a black character from the 1980s. And I don't think you have any business taking on that appropriation of that name. <laughs> well, so that you need lots more of Alex Elkin in your life. You can download my albums anywhere. Yeah. It, you know, people are nuts about this, man. They're absolutely uh nuts. And I I don't uh, I just I just can't subscribe to it, you know. They're, right. Uh, I think I, I don't I follow it. I think that's why it's refreshing to talk with you because I'm sitting here. I mean, I really am learning something just about it. You really can't make everybody happy. You got to be who you are. Respect and honor people, you know, and I'm not going to go out and, and call people names. They don't want to be called because that's not that's not fair. You can't on stage because that's your job. That's not what I'm going to do on my thing. But I said the other thing is if I say something and then you you as the public grab onto it and try to make you know what I mean? Put your definition of, well, like I put on there yesterday, this, they were segregating people at the university at the M's game. Yeah. And I posted that. And all of a sudden people are going, are you trying to say this is racism and segregation? And I said, it has nothing to do with race. It's about a fucking virus. And it's yeah. about, it's about whether you had a vaccine or not. And so the issue is they are look up the definition. It is the definition of segregation. They are segregating people. But all of a sudden, I'm a racist because I'm talking about segregation of people vaccinated and non-vaccinated. And how do you... There's yeah, and, a and the problem, and the biggest problem is, is, is there? We sat through a generation, at least a generation ago, before my generation, maybe part of yours, Boomer. But they were <laughs> marching through the streets, through the streets, telling us, "Judge not by the color of someone's skin, right. but by the content of their character." And literally, in a generation, we flipped that upside down. We are right. now judging people by their skin color, and because right. of your beautiful locks and your foxy little whiteness there, Rick Dancer, you don't have an opinion, okay? Right. You're too right. privileged to right. have any, and the problem with that in all seriousness is when you take away elements of humanity, when you take away the feeling of ostracization, when you take away the feeling of being put out or taken apart or segregated, 
then you are removing me from my humanity. And you're saying you can't understand my plight because you don't know what it's like. Well, wait a minute. Don't I know what it's like to bleed? Don't I know what it's like to be human? Why do you get to judge my humanity and tell me what I am allowed to experience in this life right. based on our skin color, our pigmentation? That's very stupid. Yeah. Well, it's the very thing we've been trying to get people away from. Eric, Eric I'm an idiot. <laughs> Eric, I don't know who you're calling an idiot, but to use, how, how is that a way of addressing anyone? I mean, that's what people do. It's like we name call and bully. And, and it's like, I don't, I, well, it's like, it's like being in the seventh grade again. That's what I feel like Facebook is like being in a prepubescent seventh grade where everybody's going, oh, it's starting to grow. Oh, and I, you're, you're better than me. I'm better. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, it's just like, oh my God, we're adults it's, it's, here. And it's you're ad hominem, right? It's ad hominem. They, they can't address the argument. They don't have right. the verb. They don't have the, the capacity. So they just attack the person. Okay, fine. Yeah, I look like the fat guy from Lost. I get it. I look like if Aquaman let himself go. I understand that. But that doesn't that doesn't tell me that I'm stupid. You know, so and yet BLM is a terrorist organization. So they Eric, terrorist things. they enacted terrorist threats, which canceled my show. So yes, that makes them terrorists. So Eric, but that's good. Now you're using your words. Very and you're good. coming up to that. You're saying you're, we're having now we have a conversation rather than you're an idiot. Now it's BLM ain't a terrorist organization. Okay. No, you created your back. That's what you believe. And what, what he believes is something different. That's if called. Us, if you join us in the next hour, we'll work on shapes and colors. What up, Kyle? Oh, I've had Kyle come out to my, uh, my barbecues and comedy nights in my backyard. Loved it. Uh, we had a good time, man. Always good people. Good people. Okay, so we got to go, but tell people where they can find you and how um, Jason wants you to friend him because he has connections in the world of entertainment. So you should connect this Jason James. All right, Jason, just spell my name, man. Find me, Alex Elkin, E-L-K-I-N. You can go to alexelkin.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Anywhere you can cancel somebody, you can find good old Alex Elkin. Uh, you know, I like, hey, what's up, Corey? Corey and I went to church together. He went to the church of Star Trek and I went to uh, the church of Star Wars, but we don't hate each other too much. Yeah, shapes and colors. We'll work on it later, Eric. You'll have a good time. Trust me. Uh, but you can always catch me at alexelkin.com where I've got my comedy dates. If you, right. If he, uh, if you can't, uh, if you can't um, check me out in the state of Oregon, come out to where I'm going to be, or tell me where you'd like me to be, and I'll talk to your local theater, and we'll get some stand up out there for you. So, thank you for the opportunity, Rick. This was a fun yeah. time. I hope no, everybody had a good time out there. Thanks for clarifying some things for me in my own head. That's really good. I appreciate you uh, very much. And uh, we'll have you back again sometime when we're when we're after COVID, and we can make fun of it. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm not a meteorologist. I didn't study medicine. Okay. I'm not a geologist here. So I don't know about the whole COVID thing. I, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like if we all just treated it the same way, we could have gotten over it real quick, right? Just treat COVID-19 like, like a high IQ. Just pretend that you have it. <laughs> you, you probably don't. And if you got tested either way, you'd be disappointed. So fuck it. Just stay away from me. That's all. <laughs> all right, Alec, thank you, man. See you later. All right, you guys. So there. Uh, for some of you, it wasn't your taste. That's fine. Um, you know what? We got to laugh a little bit. And I think Alex brings up some really good points is if we don't have the mechanisms, we turn those human mechanisms back into the system. 
where the comics can go out and challenge us. The movies, good God, Hollywood and movies need to be challenging us, not pulling up their pants and tucking themselves in because we're not going to get anywhere. We have to be pushing forward, not stagnant anymore. We've done this stagnant thing. It hasn't worked. Um, okay, we got rid of COVID. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Um, or we're getting rid of COVID. Maybe it's going away. I don't know. Anything I say, you're going to come after me with. But the point is, it's time to get back to living. And that means we have to take our roles again. Media, journalism, maybe you could start asking questions again, not about one thing. I think we've learned that from the from the uh, Wuhan lab thing now. Where were you a year ago when people were already talking about this? And now you're talking about it and it's all of a sudden a story. Well, for a lot of us, it's been a story for over a year. Um, those are the kind of things that have to change. And if we don't start with laughing and then move our way down, we're never going to make it. So if, if this was fun for you, share it on your page. Let other people get a laugh and see what's going on. Um, if it wasn't, um, you know, go back to your doing what you do. Um, that's your business. Um, but don't, you know, don't tell other people what they can and can't do because it's none of your fucking business. Good night.